morning sports fans betters and cappers and welcome to the daily competitive hedge podcast now i am your host of the show kenneth cotterell and this show is all about sports and the world of betting we talk about results from yesterday's games and wagers before diving into today's betting plays now we didn't have any betting plays yesterday because it was all preseason hockey as well as some mlb baseball so we did not have any official plays yesterday. That's going to change today. We've got a couple college football games, and we've got the NFL back for Thursday night football. So our episode today is brought to you by our sponsor, Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website that you can bet on, including college football and NFL, as we mentioned. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and their mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of their website. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS to get started. And please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age. It is available to persons in Ontario only. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. So as I mentioned, there were no bets for us on the show on Wednesday uh, didn't want to get into the preseason hockey, didn't want to dive into any of that stuff, so we did not have any betting plays. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't a pretty busy day as far as headlines go. Now we'll run through the MLB lines pretty quick from yesterday. We saw the Pirates win 4-3 to over the Reds in the 10th inning. The Guardians won 2-1 to over the Rays in the 10th. We had the uh, Detroit Tigers 2-1 to over the Royals. The Nationals 3-2 to over the Braves. That was another 10th inning finish. But the game that everyone tuned into last night had to be that Yankees and Jays game. The Yankees winning 8-3. to But it was because Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run, which ties Roger Maris for the most in AL home run history. So Judge stills a couple more games in order to get past that mark. Phenomenal accomplishment by him. I am a Red Sox fan, so I do not love seeing Yankees players have success. But nonetheless, you got to respect the guy. He had a phenomenal year. Uh, the Yankees, for a lot of the year, were the number one team in the AL. They've since slipped a bit behind the Astros heading into the playoffs, but they've also clinched the AL Wild or the AL East. Uh, and so now we're just waiting for playoffs to be upon us. We only have another seven games to go. And so looking forward to some 
playoff baseball. This show will still not be putting out baseball plays, even for playoff baseball. Uh, just had a bad omen around the sport. Now, my Red Sox did win 3-1 to yesterday over the Orioles. We saw the Mets win 5-4 to over the Marlins. The Cubs 4-2 to over the Phillies. The Brewers 5-1 to over the Cardinals. The Twins 8-4 to over the White Sox. The Astros lost 5-2 to to the Diamondbacks at home. The Angels won at home 4-1 to over the A's. The Dodgers won to nothing over the Padres. The Mariners 3-1 to over the Rangers. And to cap it off, the Giants win 6-3 to over the Colorado Rockies. Now, we did have more injury news from other sports yesterday. The big one had to be Joey Bosa, who is heading to IR for the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Chargers fans need to start getting a little bit worried about where they're at uh, for this season. They started out the year one and two, not a great start. Now, that being said, that loss did come to uh, their first loss came against the Chiefs and their second one was not a great loss, 38 to 10 over the Jags. And a lot of that has to do with the health of Justin Herbert. He hasn't been healthy either. Uh, And we've already seen this team lose Rashawn Slater for the year. Uh, Keenan Allen, JC Jackson, Corey Lindsley, they all missed week three as well. So the Chargers need to get healthy quickly, especially in that division. Now it helps that teams like the Raiders are 0-3, but Denver as bad as they've looked are 2-1. Kansas City are 2-1 coming off a bad loss to Indy. So This is a very interesting division, and if they don't figure it out quickly, then they could find themselves at the bottom, and then Justin Herbert will miss the playoffs once again. Lionel Messi, it sounds like, could be making a return to Barcelona next summer. Now, they at least can afford to bring him back. That was the whole reason that he left in the first place. The the club was just in ruin at that point. Uh, It sounds like they have almost financially recovered from all of that, Uh, And so they have the resources to bring him back. But I think this all hinges on how things go this year, not in league play, because PSG is fine. They've got Mbappe, they've got Neymar, they've got Messi. They're going to win League One for sure. The question is, how are they going to look in this Champions League campaign? They've crashed out the last couple of years. And so if they want to have Messi long term, they have to have success in the Champions League this year. PSG, they have an attack where they can score goals in bunches, but then they get really complacent. And we saw that last year. They'll score a bunch and then they sit back. And we've even seen it early on in this campaign. I think it was against Juventus where they're up two to nothing and then they just sit and they sit on their lead. So let's see how the Champions League goes for PSG this year. I think that goes a long way in whether Messi wants to stay here. Uh, There's already been rumors of Mbappe potentially to another club as well. So it would be nice to see Messi back in a Barcelona uniform that feels like the right thing for him. He never wanted to leave the club. He wanted to be there for his entire career and unfortunately had to leave. So we'll wait and see what ends up happening there with him. So with that, let's dive into more games for this week. Uh, We've been talking a lot about the NFL lines and the movement throughout the week. We've got a couple that did move overnight that we wanted to discuss, one of which was the Minnesota and New Orleans game on Sunday. This one went from minus two and a half to minus three. And that's when I start to get a bit worried with this game, with how Jameis has looked. Kirk also hasn't looked great at times this season. And you're going across the pond, so... 
moving it to a full field goal. Now I'm not sure whether or not I want to bet the spread here when it was minus two and a half. I felt pretty good about betting Minnesota, but when it moves to minus three, that's when you start to worry about whether you're going to get a push here. So I am going to wait with this one. The Chargers also moved up a half point to minus five and a half. This one really doesn't have a big impact on betters. You're not going to see that half a point move and then say, oh, I'm not going to go with the Chargers. You only really see that if it moves to a full touchdown, if it moves to a full field goal. But with it being at five and a half, I still think, look, if you're in on the Chargers this week, that they're better prepared and that they're going to knock off this Houston team in a big way, then go ahead and bet them. But a lot of people thought that last year as well. And then things didn't go so well in that game. Uh, the Giants in Chicago game has not moved. I don't think it is going to move overall. It's just not a game that I think people are that excited about. Um, and 39 is the over-under, so it's just not a great spot over-under-wise either. Um, then you've got Detroit. They're still sitting at that minus 4.5 after that 1.5-point movement. Again, I think people are expecting a shootout here. They still like Detroit. Seattle's not getting the bump like I thought they would. Maybe it'll move a little bit tomorrow, but as of now, I think it's holding strong there. Um, we haven't had a lot of other line movements here. The Jets, I will say, they moved a full point up in the over-under to 41.5. The big reason why is that it sounds like Zach Wilson's going to go this week. Joe Flacco, though, has played well, so it has not affected the spread. I think they view this as either QB. They're still going to give Pittsburgh over a field goal at minus 3.5, but... I do like the Jets this week nonetheless. I like it a lot more with Wilson than Flacco, but I do like that line nonetheless. And then Green Bay, that line finally moved to minus 10. I'm excited to see it move to minus 10 because at 10 and a half, you start to get concerned in case you get 21 to 11 or 31 to 21. Now that you get that uh, to the minus 10, it's going to be a pull of that happening. So I hope that it even gets to nine and a half. I can't see the public betting it enough to get New England to that point, but that's where the lines sit there. Other than that, no other movements overnight. So we're not going to touch on those games once again, but we are going to talk about some early CFL lines uh, for tomorrow. Saskatchewan, they are plus eight heading to Winnipeg. This is a terrible line just because I don't know what to expect from Saskatchewan. We learned after they got blown out 54 to 20 that the O-line were all puking on the way to the game. So I don't know what to expect from this team. Cody Fajardo has not looked good. In fact, I was at that Edmonton game that was here in Saskatchewan where they lost outright at home. So I don't think that they're very good, but could they keep it close enough with Winnipeg to keep it within a touchdown? I think it's certainly possible. This Winnipeg team has lost to Montreal this year, so it's not out of the question that Saskatchewan keeps it close. So I'm not going to bet this game as of yet, but we'll see if we can get some line movement in the next 24 hours. And then the BC Lions, they're minus six and a half versus Ottawa. I like this line for BC, despite the fact that they don't have Nathan Rourke in right now. Um, this is another one. I'm going to wait a little bit closer to kickoff. I hope that people bet on Ottawa, bring it down to minus five and a half, minus five by the time kickoff happens. And if not, I might have to buy that point if I'm going to bet on BC to cover that spread. EPL wise, we didn't have a lot of line movement either over the last 24 hours. Although we did have a little bit of a shift in some of the plays that we liked. I mean, we were on Tottenham double chance at minus 140. It's now minus 143. So a little bit less value there. 
but it's not enough of a change for us to not want to bet on Tottenham. Still think that on the road against this Arsenal side that they can pick up a result. Uh, no movement in Bournemouth Brentford. No movement in the Crystal Palace Chelsea one. Fulham, they were plus 210. Now they're plus 200. So people appear to be betting on Fulham at home to get the win here. Uh, I still don't know where to go with this game. Uh, I am going to do an EPL preview show tonight with Walker Bailey. We're going to be back on the Off the Ball Network betting account talking about these lines, and maybe he'll have some insight into that game. Liverpool, they were minus 275. Now it's dropped to minus 260. So I think people are betting on Brighton to potentially get a result here. The plus one and a half at minus 120. It's now closer to minus 130. So a bit concerned now about that line. Southampton and Everton. Everton went from plus 250 to plus 240. And so we were on the draw no bet there at plus 142. It's now plus 140. The line movement that I really liked on the EPL side was to see that West Ham money line, it went from minus 108 to plus 100. So you can get even money on this West Ham side against a Wolves team that, as I mentioned yesterday, they don't score a lot of goals. So I'm not that concerned about them. So I like West Ham money line at plus 100. And I really hope that it keeps moving. Hope it gets to plus 105 or plus 110. Now let's look at today's hedge plays. We posted our golf plays before we went live here today, because first tee times were at 6 a.m. my time, and so we already have a few golfers out on the course, but I wanted to make sure that I got these plays out there. Now, last year's champion of this event was Sam Burns, and we didn't realize when he won this event at the Country Club of Jackson in Jackson, Mississippi, that he would then go on to win multiple events on the season. He made the Ryder Cup team, so he was able to catapult himself into the mainstream with some wins. So he's the defending champ. Other champs that they've had in the past were Sergio. They've had Sebastian Munoz, Cameron Champ, and Ryan Armour. So this is a bit of a longer track for the PGA Tour, over 7,400 yards. It is a par 72 here. So I think people will look for long bombers, but that wasn't where I went with my plays this week. I'm looking at guys that are high in the world rankings that need a good result to start out the season and maintain that status of being in the top 50 or being one of those better golfers out there. So that's why I elected to go with the plays that I did today. So with that, let's start with our winner play for the week. Going to go with Russell Henley here. And this guy, he's a three-time tour winner. So he's a pretty good player out there. He is 55th in the world golf rankings. Um, he hasn't played a lot recently. When he played the BMW Championship, he was tied for 35th. So he's not coming in in poor form. He's just not coming in in great form. The reason why I like him, I just think he hasn't had a win since 2017. He did lose that playoff last season. Uh, I think it was to Matsuyama that he ended up losing to. And I think the guy's just due for a win. I like him at this course. I think it sets up well for the way that he plays. And so a half unit play at plus 2300, I think is great odds on Russell Henley. I like top five. This is another half unit play of Sahith Tigala at plus 460. Tigala here was plus, or he was tied for eighth last year when he played here. So he clearly likes the course. And this has been a guy that's been a popular play amongst a lot of golf betters. Um, they really like the way that he plays. And once again, I think he sets up really well for this track. So I'm going to take Tigala at plus 460 to finish in that top five. Who knows, maybe he ends up winning the event outright. I'm going to take the defending champ, Sam Burns, at plus uh, 145 for top 10. 
as I said, he's the defending champion here. Now he didn't play great at the ride or at the president's cup. Sorry, not Ryder cup. He didn't play well at the president's cup. So I'm just wanting to see if he can adjust uh, off of that result. This isn't a great field. He's probably the best player in this field. And so while I don't like him to win, cause I don't think he's in form enough to go back to back like Homa did uh, just a couple weeks ago, I am going to take him to be top 10 at plus money. And then a couple top 20 plays. These are both one unit plays, as was that Burns play. Sepp Straka, plus 210, and Keegan Bradley at plus 185, both to be in the top 20. Straka, he was second just a couple months ago at the St. Jude. So he played well at the last big event that he played in. And Keegan Bradley, he's world number 48. I'm just a big fan of his game and think that he's one of the best players in this field. And he's going to be a guy that's looking for that early season result that could matter down the road when you're trying to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs next fall. So with that, let's also look at our Thursday bets for uh, football because we've got three on the slate. These are the three hedge plays. As we always say, head over to Bet99 and use code SHOOTERS at sign up for these plays. We're going to start with Miami and Cincinnati. I'm taking the Dolphins plus six at minus 145. I wish I would have just made this an official play yesterday because I would have got it at minus 135. But I am buying two points here because I really do think that the line value, getting it to that plus six, I feel far more comfortable betting Miami to cover here. Now, full disclosure, I like Cincinnati to win this football game, but I can't trust them to cover a full field goal uh, versus an undefeated team. And I'm not going to buy down to minus two and a half on that spread because that would take you into the minus 160 range. So this feels like a letdown for Miami. Uh, They're coming off that massive win over Buffalo. They're riding high. Let's face it. They came back and beat the Ravens. They won that critical division game at home. And so I don't think that they're going to get blown out by this Cincinnati team. I think that there's going to be plenty of pressure on Joe Burrow in this game, as there always is, which is why my second play for the day is Joe Burrow to throw an interception tonight at plus 102. This feels like a turnover spot for Burrow. Now, week one, he threw four picks. He hasn't thrown a pick in his last couple games against Dallas and against the Jets, but neither of those secondaries are really great. Yes, you have Diggs in Dallas who will jump at plays, but he was trying to stay home guarding Lamar Ch- Jamar Chase all night. So this Dolphins defense, they only have one interception on the year but they haven't played against guys that throw a lot of interceptions. Mac Jones is more of a game manager. Josh Allen doesn't throw a ton and neither does Lamar. So I think that this is a good spot for them on the road to create a turnover. Probably early on, you start to get a little bit concerned about whether since can win the game, but then they ultimately come back and do so. And so at plus money, I'm going to take Burrow to throw a pick tonight. And then to cap it off, we're taking number 18 BYU minus 24 tonight versus Utah State at minus 115. Bought the half point to get it to minus 24. Then it's officially a three-score game, closer to a three and a half, but officially a three-score game. Now we're talking about a BYU team that earlier in the year knocked off Baylor, but they did get blown out by Oregon after that. So what I like is that their defense is solid. Jaron Hall, he's had a great year at quarterback. He's completing over 71% of his passes. And Utah State, we don't even know who their QB is going to be. They've been a disaster on offense, and they've got the 100th-ranked defense. So this feels like a spot where I don't even know if Utah State's going to cross more than 14 points, maybe even 10 points in this game. 
And I think BYU is not going to have any trouble scoring. I think that they're going to cover this line with relative ease. I think by the time we're done tonight, we see 45 to 14 and BYU cruises in this matchup. So give me minus 24 at minus 115. Just want to get that half point out of the way in case we can get a push here. If it does end up finishing something like 34 to 10. But we appreciate everyone who tunes into our show every morning. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our loaded card of plays. We're going to make sure that we have all of our college plays, all of our NFL plays ready to go. Uh, and so we appreciate all of you. And we'll see you tomorrow for the Competitive Hedge podcast.